Welcome to the YPJ The Maverick Podcast. This is a spiritual-based podcast that focuses on building a community of believers through biblical applications and Bible studies. Here on The Maverick Podcast, we'll discuss various topics that will encourage you, challenge you, and uplift you. We'll also talk through cultural impacting events, sports analyzations, movie reviews and reactions, and also select premium TV shows. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to the YPJ The Maverick Podcast. Man, I am so excited that you decided to spend a few moments here with me. On today, we're going to be discussing a simple topic. We're going to be talking about comparisons. All right, and if I can select a topic or a subject for today, my subject will be entitled "Tend to Your Garden." But first, let me pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I ask God that you bless the listener, God. Now, God, I ask God that you give me insight, God. Let the people be blessed by me and not impressed. Speak through me, God. Use my tongue and use it as a pen of a ready writer. Say what you would have me to say. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. So tend to your garden. Initially, what do I think about when I come up with this idea of tending to your garden? Um, Simply put, mind your own business. Concentrate and focus on the things that God has for you to focus on. Sometimes we can get so caught up in what other people are doing that we're not taking the time to properly engage with the things that God has placed in front of us. And because of that, we find ourselves missing out on purpose and destiny. So today, as you know, with this podcast, I cover different uh, diff- different topics. I talk about sports. I talk about movies. And today we're talking about spiritual context, right? So I decided it's not robbery to take a chance on talking about all of them at the same time. So God gave me this particular NBA player. His name is Dennis Rodman. If you're not familiar with Dennis Rodman, let me tell you about him. In the 1990s, he was a well-accomplished NBA basketball player. He actually assisted Michael Jordan in gaining a couple of his six basketball championships. He, Dennis Rodman, joined the Chicago Bulls um, in in the 1990s in Michael Jordan's second three-peat era. He was a part of that team that had Ron Harper, Horace Grant. No, Horace Grant had left Winter on the Magic. Um, Horace Grant, not Horace Grant, Jesus, um, Ron Harper, Scottie Pippen, B.J. Armstrong, um, Luke Lonely, Steve Kerr. He was a part of that last team that beat the 64-win Seattle Supersonics and also the like 58-win Utah Jazz, who had the MVP, Carl Malone. He was a part of that team. Now, what was special about Dennis Rodman? Now, if you Google him, You'll find out a lot. You'll see a lot of ridiculous, crazy things that Dennis Rodman perhaps did in his life. And I'll be honest, he did do a lot of crazy things. As a kid growing up in the 90s, I would see, I would think he was great. Like he would have, he would have piercings all over his body and he would have his hair yellow, purple, blue, green, different colors. He was a unique guy. But one thing about it, he knew how to play basketball. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you Google his stats, you'll know that Dennis Rodman, he wasn't the best scorer. Right? He wasn't the best scorer. He wasn't the best passer. Dennis Rodman really couldn't even dribble. 
But that was one thing that Dennis Rodman can do. He was able to play defense, and he was able to rebound the ball. Now think about this. Dennis Rodman played on the 72-win Chicago Bulls basketball team. Literally, that is held as being one of the greatest basketball teams in NBA history, winning the championship that year. So what made Dennis Rodman unique? I mean, he wasn't the best gifted. He wasn't even the best talented. What did he have that the other players didn't have? I'll tell you what Dennis Rodman had. Dennis Rodman had a great work ethic. I have a saying, you have to be given your gift. You have to actually work on your talent. But effort, effort is free. Effort doesn't take nothing but good old hard work. So I want you to remember that. You have to be given your gift. You have to work on your talent. But effort doesn't cost you anything. You can literally work hard and give effort behind anything that you do. That's why anything that I do, I try to give it 100% to the best of my ability to the glory of God. But back to our lesson, back to Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman had heart. He gave effort. He didn't take any breaks off on any play. Even though he wasn't the biggest player, he always outworked the, 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 the more stronger players. Shaquille O'Neal, one of the most dominant NBA players ever, often talked about how difficult it was to go up against Dennis Rodman. Not because he was strong, but because he was so smart and he worked so hard. You see, Dennis Rodman didn't have to score 35 points like Michael Jordan. He didn't have to score 30 points like Scottie Pippen. He didn't have to be in the corner shooting three-pointers like Steve Kerr. But the one thing that he was good and he was great at that was playing defense and rebounding the ball. Dennis Rodman showed us that you can just be great in the gift that God has given you. And you can just work the talent that you have and put all your effort into it. Dennis Rodman's stat line would be something like this. He would have like two points and 30 rebounds. Right? And that's crazy. But Michael Jordan himself, will tell, he, he often said, Dennis Rodman was such a big part of them winning those championships. And they would not have been able to do it without Dennis Rodman. Because Michael Jordan didn't need Dennis Rodman to score 30 points. He didn't need Dennis Rodman to be the point guard. He needed Dennis Rodman to do his job, to do his assignment. In other words, he needed Dennis Rodman to stick to his garden. And our story of the day is not quite the story of David and Goliath or a basketball story. We're going back to the book of Genesis. We're going to be talking about Cain and Abel. And to me, this is a story that shows us how much how dangerous comparisons can be. All right. So let's get into the lesson. Now, Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time passed that Cain brought an offering of fruit to God. Abel also brought the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel's offering, but he did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. In other words, when the Bible says his countenance fell, 
he was mad. He was upset. He was very, very pouty. All right. The first thing that I want to talk to you about is over comparisons towards others will always lead to disconnection within yourself. Comparisons brings disconnections. I'm going to say that again. Over comparisons towards others will always lead to disconnections within yourself. Comparisons bring disconnections. What does that mean? I mean that when you're taking the time to pay attention and look at what your neighbor is doing, you're actually not paying attention to what God has given you. And in this particular story, we're going to find out that they both had a task, and that task was to give an offering to God. God did not determine what their offering was going to be. They both just had a task to give an offering to God. One offering was accepted and the other offering was not. There are some of you right now that you're going through life and you're making decisions and you're making choices. And oftentimes you're comparing your life based on the accomplishments of other people. Maybe that person got a car before you. Or maybe that person's in a school that you would like to be in one day. Or perhaps that person is working in a company that you would want to be in compared to your own. Maybe they're making more money than you. Or maybe they have a better car than you. Maybe you have a friend that has recently gotten married and you're asking God, what about me? Maybe you're, maybe you're in a relationship and you're married. And maybe you have another friend that's actually expecting to give birth. And you're wondering, God, what about me? You're feeling like you're lost. You're feeling like you've been left out. I want you to know that you cannot go through life living and looking at other people. Everybody has their own situations and everybody has their own circumstances. But when you're taking time to look and see what everybody else is doing, you can't see the things that God has right in front of you, right? Okay, but let's keep on going. All right, we're going to start that. We're going to start verse number six. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to read um, verse number five again. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Comparisons lead to offense. And offense builds fences. I'm going to say that again. Comparisons leads to offense and offense builds fences. So YPJ, what does it mean to be offended? What, what is offense? Offense is like this. It is when you are, when something happens, whether good or bad on purpose or not on purpose, when somebody does something or something takes place within the parameter of your life and you are not necessarily upset, but there is an issue there and everybody's been in that place. Um, I myself, I've had situations and circumstances where I was upset with different people. I was walking around with a spirit of offense. Maybe that person didn't even mean to not speak. Or maybe that person didn't mean it the way that I took it. But sometimes things can happen in our lives and it can cause us to have issues towards people. And it causes us to build a system of offense. When you think about the word offense, 
I think about the word offense, right? When you're going on offense, I think about action and attacking. Now, sometimes it's not necessarily physical as it is mental. What you're thinking about, your thought processes. That's why it's so important, especially in this season, that you protect the things that you hear. Even after you may be dealing with a person and have, um, you, may, you may be upset after a conversation with somebody or somebody may do something to you that's not fair. Not saying that you don't have a right to be upset. But I want you to know that you can't, God does not judge you, God does not judge based off what the person do to you. God is judging you based off how you respond to it. <laughs> right. I know, right? God is not concerned of how somebody treated you. He's not concerned with how you feel about it. But what God is doing, he is looking at how you're going to respond to it. And in this situation, Cain had the perfect, God said the perfect scenario for Cain to respond in a God way to really make God proud. But that didn't happen. Let's see what God says. In verse number six, God says, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your countenance following? Watch this, verse number seven. If you do well, will you not be accepted? Man, that's powerful. What is God saying? God is saying you have another chance. You're upset that you didn't get the car. You're upset that you didn't get the promotion. You're upset that you didn't get the house. You're upset that you're not in a relationship right now. You're upset that you're not in the school that you want. You're upset and you're walking around and you're mad about it. But God is like, wait a minute, why are you upset? You still have time. As long as you have breath in your body, you have time to get it right. So God is saying, if you do well, watch this. What does if you do well means? If you do well means if you try, if you give the effort, will you not be accepted? So the second thing I want to leave you with is God wants to give you another chance. I'm going to say that again. God wants to give you another chance. God is not sitting in a chair, sitting back trying to disqualify you and send you to hell. God wants to give you a second chance. Sometimes we can mess up and we can make mistakes. And if you're like me, we can be our own worst critic sometimes. We can beat ourselves up so much to a point to where we don't even want to try anymore. But God is clearly saying, all you got to do is give a little effort. He tells Cain, don't be upset. If you do well, you'll be accepted. God wants to accept it. You just got to give some effort behind it. Now, what was the issue with the offerings? Some theologians suggest that it was the contents of their offering. Um, you will see in the text that Cain was a tiller of the field. He was a hunter. He dealt with flock. So he, he, gave, um, he, he gave a portion of his flock. But when you study Abel, Abel gave the firstborn of his flock in their fat. I'm sorry, I said that backwards. Cain, um, he, he, dealt, he, he was a tiller of the ground, so he dealt with the fruit. Cain gave fruit. He gave fruit, but Abel offered the first of his flock. So the emphasis on the firstborn of his flock. You would think about it, you think about it as tithes and offerings, right? Um, we pay 
um, if you if you're a Christian, you paying your tithes and offering. What is that? It is our first fruits. God requires the ten percent. It require He requires our first, right? And that's in a sense what what is happening here, or the possibility of why God did not accept Cain's offering, because it does not necessarily distinctly say why He didn't accept it. It just said that Abel offered his first. All right, verse number six. If you do well, will you not be accepted? But watch this. He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But sin lies at the door and it desires to have you. But you should rule over it. Paul said it like this. Where sin, where sin abounds, grace does much more abounds. What does that mean? That the sin that is chasing behind you ain't bigger than the God that's in front of you. Because God has already given you the grace to get through whatever situation you're in. Now, I'm in verse number 8 of chapter number 4. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother. And it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where's thy brother? Cain's response, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Cain's response was to kill his brother. He was so upset. He was so angry. He was so offended that he felt as if God chose Cain, Abel over him. He couldn't take it out on God. So he took it out on his brother. Through offense, through comparisons, Cain killed his brother. So what does that mean? What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that there's a danger when you can make comparisons to others, especially in the realm of ministry. Trust me, I know. Um, if you're not careful, it's very, very hard. It, it can be hard to um, see the gifts and talents of others. And to see how good a person may do a thing. And to feel a sense of anxiety about it if you don't think that you measure up. And if you get caught up in comparisons, those things can lead you down a direction that you don't want to go. And that's what happened to Cain. Cain was so offended. Cain was so upset. And even in that, God gave him opportunity. God gave him a chance to make it right. Maybe you're listening to me right now. And maybe you've been comparing yourself to other people. And maybe you feel as if you've gotten off track. Well, I want you to know that just because you've gotten off track doesn't mean that God still doesn't have your back. <laughs> hey, I wasn't even trying to rhyme right there. But that's the truth. Just because you've gotten off track doesn't mean that God is sitting back upset with you. No, he's waiting for you to come to him and ask him for help. I have to pray every day that God guides my, that God guides my heart, that he creates in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Because I don't want to allow my emotions, my feelings, my upsetness, the point that I'm the fact that I'm looking at somebody else and I'm paying too much attention to somebody else that I miss the things that God is doing in my life. Sometimes we can be so focused on what God did for somebody else that we miss the things that God is doing for us. Listen, 
that's my time. But I want you to know that Jesus loves you. Jesus is so crazy about you. He's so crazy about who you are. He's so invested in who you are. And you want to know how I know? Because you still have breath in your body. Okay? Thank you so much for listening to YPJ The Mavericks Podcast, The Spiritual Inspiration. I hope I said some today that blessed you. I hope I said some today that encouraged you. I hope I left you with something that you're able to apply to your life. Okay? So, I want you to know if you're not following me, Follow me on Faith the Platforms, Facebook and YouTube. I'm going to be dropping more videos, more inspirational videos. I want you to follow, follow me on Instagram. I'm going to be having an Instagram page coming up soon. Um, please look at my other things that I offer on my channel. I'm not just talking spiritual inspirational um, videos. I'm going to, I have movie reviews. Um, if you check, you should see Into the Spider-Verse movie review that I'm going to drop out soon. I hope you enjoy it. There are going to be many, many more. All right? Thank you so much for your time. And I want you to know that Jesus loves you, and I do too. You be blessed, and have a great night.